Welcome to When Pigs Fly. We're uncovering Cincinnati's rich business history from the 1800s to today. We talk to companies to learn the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, what it takes to grow a successful business, and to simply pros to future innovation. I'm one of your co-hosts, Patrick Bailey. And I'm your other co-host, Allie Martin. And today we have Emily Geiger of Vitamin Collective. Vitamin Collective is a venture studio. So that is where, you, you know, you build companies from scratch. They are building, backing, and helping fund bold new ventures in healthcare, self-care, wealthcare, and mobility. So I'm really excited about this one and get Emily's thoughts on, you know, building a company from scratch. Interesting. And really more importantly, highlighting the health and wellness industry. Mm. I, it's it's ever-changing. I feel like there's a product for every ailment that we have and every illness and, and you know, there's so many different workout classes and all that, but I'm sure this goes much deeper. Um, so I'll be curious to see, you know, how she feels the health and wellness trends have been changing and where we're going. Well, let's hear it from her. So let's bring her in. Let's do it. For our listeners, can you explain what a venture studio is? For some of our listeners, it's going to be a totally brand new term. Yeah, yeah, it's a new thing, and it's an emerging category of kind of innovation uh, frameworks. So to me, a venture studio is a kind of third place to find the resources to build, back, and fund new ventures. And, And for me, it's a really simple formula. It's finding a big market with unmet needs, so a market, um, finding, finding really interesting founders who have a reason to solve against it and a passion and kind of a mindset against it, usually with some sort of good chip on their shoulder, and then um, finding ways to efficiently put it in the market and test it um, so that it's a launchable thing in, an, in a way that wasn't possible before. So what we're trying to cheat is the time it takes and the number of resources it takes and kind of the loneliness that doing something alone brings. Mm-hmm. It's daunting, right? Starting and creating your own business and your own brand. And you just said that, you know, you your background kind of comes with a wealth of stories within health and wellness. Kind of touch on that a little bit. What made you go down this path of health and wellness? Um, you know, I, I'm maybe one of those people that wants to make the world better place and wellness was something I grew up around and parents and and relatives but to me wellness is not defined only in like what your blood pressure is or how much you weigh but really about how you feel and um, you know operating at your best self so that wellness description as I've gotten older has actually expanded to things that make you feel like you're learning along the way Mm -hmm. and staying on your edge, things that make you feel kind of upwardly mobile or social mobility. And then Mm -hmm. uh, I would say wellness is being your best self at your place and time and where you are. So, you know, as a young person, it's feeling confident and and feeling like you can move up and around the, the world. And as an older person, maybe same confidence, different set of criteria and and how you move around the world. So um, that's that can be a lot of things. It can be finances. It can be your um, Mm -hmm. way of moving around literally by car, walking, you know, whatever that mobility operandi is. And then um, 
you know, how you think your way through a day and move your way through a day is kind of wellness to me. In the end, it's like, how do we thrive? Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a conflict of interest going on in my background. It's like I have bourbon over here and then I have books. So it's like I'm learning and then crushing my body at the same time. So I don't know how you feel about that. But <laughs> so, so it, so it sounds like you've been, you've been in the industry for a while. What are some of those trends that you've seen over the years that have stuck and that have worked and kind of what are we what are we moving to now with health and wellness because I just feel like if there's so, like there's everything out there possible and how do you innovate in that space sure so a while back um, this movement of social determinants of health came to being and that's been you know mm -hmm. the the 80/20 rule 80% of your life happens outside of healthcare even when you're you're sick and like that 20% mm -hmm. of the, the rest of the things are maybe health related, running, exercising, mm -hmm. what, you, what, what you're doing and, and how you take care of your body. The rest of it's kind of like, how is your spirit doing? And how is your environment mm -hmm. impacting you? And how do you relate to other people or have a social connectivity? So I would say that wellness in the last decade really expanded much more so to include your mental wellness and defining that as a category. Mm -hmm. It's your ability for, you know, mobility and, and ability to access, access things along the way. And, and like, how resilient are you? That's where I think mm -hmm. wellness is going towards. Mm -hmm. And so you can crack that in a lot of different ways. And I, I guess my story is one of kind of like pain, literally. Um, I had this epiphany um, in early 2020, and then you know the the heart of COVID. I was um, mm -hmm. I was pregnant with my fourth kid. I developed extreme back pain, and mm. the whole world shut down within a week. Mm. And I couldn't take any normal pain painkillers. I couldn't go to the doctor because mm. they were all shut down. I couldn't even go get a massage. So I had to find a completely alternative way to access wellness and feel okay again. And that was meditation, it was being outdoors, it was, it was working through wellness in a, a totally different way. So, you know, I, I, I remember spending a lot of time like laying on the floor in complete pain at 4.30 in the afternoon, not even wanting to eat dinner, and saying, gosh, I've been in healthcare and wellness for like 10, 12 years. And I can't figure out how to feel okay enough to go walk up and, and be around my kids right now. There's got to be a new way to get well. And like, I kind of had this epiphany, like, there's a lot of ways to do this. There's a lot of ways to crack into feeling better and I need to go find it. And so mm -hmm. vitamin, you know, in, was, was just getting off the door and I had been working with health systems and traditional healthcare and even CPG. And I'm like, Let's, I think people need to take bigger swings at how you approach wellness. Um, you know, what is travel and, and moving around and getting connected with different types of people mean to kind of heal yourself? What is like people's finances and ability to um, access things that they couldn't get before in, in some of the best wellness? How do we crack that open and make things yeah. more accessible to them? How are you then finding 
problems to solve because I think that's one thing that we've uncovered in our previous episodes are usually founders are solving a problem, right? How are you uncovering those problems if you are taking this broader approach to health and wellness? Sure. So the, the things that I look for are a couple things. One, I'm looking for people who are in the market and kind of already struggling to solve for something that they see out there or maybe looking for help to do so. And in the past, I've worked with bigger companies or big, big institutions to say, like, what are you struggling with? What do you see at the global level? Um, and, you know, can we crack it together? So, you know, problem statements like, hey, people want to travel and they can't because they're all locked up or people want to connect to other people and they can't. So how do we solve these like disconnects? Um, a lot of times there'll be big problems put out there in the form of problem and people kind of churn on it over and over and over again. Like the whole, the, I use travel because we've worked on that a little bit the past year. The whole, the whole 2020, everybody was talking about travel being like burned to the ground. Like, there's nothing going on. Everything's stagnant. Oh my God, what are we gonna do? And, and it's still a, it's still a struggle to travel to this day due to our economic state of just the price, gas prices, and the cost, cost alone. alone. Right, right. So like when things are in desperate spots, I find that like weird, messy space really interesting. Yeah. What are some solutions that you're, well, let's keep this idea of travel going, right? So what are some of those solutions that you may be coming across working with young startups, uh, if there is one off the top of your head? Yeah, sure. Um, I can talk to you a, a couple cool ones that I've already met that in the market and, and are kind of positioning as wellness. So if you guys have heard of Getaway, um, it started, I think, in, in New York, um, Getaway are basically, they call themselves a wellness platform with vacation retreats built in. And it is a basically a place where you go and totally tune out the world and do a digital detox. It's like a sanctuary. Right? So that was one of the trends we saw. People were getting out and just kind of being in nature and, and solving hmm. for their noise in their head and kind of the stress in their body. And, and going and being away and detoxing a bit. So that would be a company mm. that's made it and they're, they, they're expanding like crazy and have a business model where you can literally regularly go out into nature and kind of subscribe to going into these big containers in the woods basically. So that would be one, mm -hmm. one it's a travel company that has intentionally said that they are a wellness company with a travel platform doing it. See how they flip mm. it? In so cool. Yeah, they flip it yeah. inside out. And so lots of trends coming in there. One, everybody's willingness and, and want to get outside. Other is like the opposite of the connected world. It's disconnecting and focusing on yourself. And then three, like super stripped down accommodations. Do you find yourself coming head to head with with you know brands like airbnb right and how do you kind of decipher and sift from the noise because i think when people think oh i'm gonna book something it's always airbnb this feels obviously a little bit more specific but how do you maneuver that space yeah yeah so like what the other trend that we're seeing is kind of the decentralization trend in general right like yeah brands generationally are a lot less trusted and so people uh -huh. are looking beyond the big 
brands for inspiration and ways to experience the world. So Airbnb, let's say, they they spend a lot of time developing kind of their host personality and and, and the other platforms like them are maybe known for developing their community a little bit more. So how do you make mm-hmm. kind of a, a platform more about the the host than the actual platform mm-hmm. themselves? So um, one of the companies we're working on, a spin-out called Romy, is kind of taking that um, another piece of travel, which is not where you go to sleep, but what you do all around the plans that you anchor, and Mm-hmm. give people instant access. We call it like going zero to Bourdain um, with, to kind of local, very vibey things to do um, in mm-hmm. instant access. So uh, uh, Romy is a homie on the road. And so how do you get out and get kind of instantly connected to that space by someone who's going to get your family vibe? Or how do you go with your husband to New York and kind of get into the artsy vibe? The big trend you see there is that people want access to get out and go microdose travel. Like what we, mm-hmm. what we were doing in, in COVID is getting out and going often, but also being connected to real people. And like, how do you kind of do a little economic development zone around? Yeah. You know, do you, it almost sounds like you become like a business bureau or some sort because it's like how do you monetize how do you monetize something like Romy? Because everyone wants to be a part of the local stuff, but a lot of the times the local stuff doesn't have money to spend to be a part of something like this. I could be wrong if you guys are developing this more. So how do you even monetize something like, like a Romy? Yeah, yeah. So I I think we don't know this. Nobody knows this until they do it. Is there needs to be a minimum number of Romies out there. So it's almost like you've got a network of kind of coverage out there. Everybody wants yeah. a homie in a city to text me like, yo, what, what should I check out here? Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. You have to have coverage. Is it like road tripper? Or it was like road trippers. I think that's based out of here in Cincinnati. Didn't they try to do kind of something similar? But like with like if you were to go on a long road trip, they hire certain people and they're basically like bloggers. But then again, like, how do you continue to monetize that? Road Trippers was storytelling through kind of one voice. The Romy, mm-hmm. the Romy would be kind of the grandbaby of Road Trippers in the respect that it's mm. like many voices on a platform where they can easily create. So it's a mm. creator tooling disguised as kind of an access, way to access cool stuff locally. Um, so it's a grandbaby. It's, it's a new way of cracking at it. And so... The platform isn't creating all the content. The the Etsy builders or the mm. Etsy makers or the YouTubers are creating the platform and the platform just provides the So you're saying Ali can just pop up on there and be a local Romy for Cincinnati. And how do I then get paid, right? What's your vibe? Yeah. Let's play this out. Well, because here's the, this is, I, I'm asking these very specific questions because it's funny that you're coming up with this because I had a very similar idea a while back called the local loop where it's like, you're keeping people in the loop of what's going on. And I had a very similar vision of how do you get enough content out there? You have to hire on and work with a lot of small creators of some sort. You find niches within each industry and this, again, I could be wrong because you guys are still testing this out in order to basically be that like head influencer of some sort to give people that experience. But then again, like how do you, number one, get people to buy into the fact that like 
this is credible, this is legitimate, but then also as a quote-unquote creator, you got to be able to pay the creator money to be a part of it. And like, what's my incentive to do it? Because what if I wanted to be a full-time Romy? What does that look like? And is that even possible? Or, yeah. Because then you almost become a media outlet, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um, So one, you have to make it super easy. You know, TikTok is like super easy. Anybody can use it. So there's not a lot of platforms that are that fluid. They'll catch up, but like this is definitely a niche play, mm. right? So you'd have to yeah. do creator tooling so much so that someone who is a creator is using this only for the, like maybe partially just for the intrinsic benefit of recreating what you did so you can relive it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like scrapbooking, how that feels. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like vlogging a little bit. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it should feel real fluid and you should be able to bring that information together very fluidly. Um, the other things that we've, we've learned that people would like to, to participate in is like, if I could get this all kind of as a benefit ongoing, it probably feels like a membership, like a club. Yeah, right? yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and the, the person who sponsored this build was AAA and they're the OG hmm. club yeah. of local knowledge. And like they're... Their legacy was that when cars first came out, they lobbied so people could go on the road versus full pedestrian streets. And they lobbied for safety and they lobbied and and told people when the the police were at certain places and where they would hide out so people wouldn't drive their cars too fast around it. So, you know, it's advocating for the the members. Um, mm-hmm. The other piece of it is, is that if you can get people to create for creating sense, there's always going to be people that float up to the top, and the people that float mm-hmm. up to the top are the people who can create kind of the best tribe around them. And like we do, what you kind of mentioned, like play this out. Like let's say Ali is, you know, mm-hmm. a Romy creator. What yeah. what happens? So at this point, we are we are working in a couple of different routes. And I should say Summer Crenshaw and Dave Piatz are the CEO. They're the venture builders who are working and bringing this to life as we speak. So Allie wants to join. She can join our creator pool. She kind of pitches her vibe. So it could be Allie likes eating hot dogs. She's going to find She's any... Bourbon. She's a big bourbon fan. So. So, she's, so she's a bourbon babe. So she goes and she's like... All right, bourbon's not just for dudes. Bourbon's for yeah. girls, and like this is how to do it with your pinky up. And yeah, he goes through all of Kentucky and the Midwest, and and says, "All right, you can drink bourbon and also like be very zen. So here's how to do your nat- the very zen putsy bourbon tasting with a couple See, of like, really good girlfriends." And so people follow you not because they want that one trip, but they're trying to kind of tap into your vibe. Yeah. And then would I be an employee of you of of like, I would be a full-time Romy employee. And it's kind of, again, like it's almost like I'm a little bit of a journalist at the same time. Yes. Like, you know what? You're taking it really far early. We would have to interview. I know. I'm just, I'm curious. (laughs) I have a full-time job, but this is an idea that uh, I'm like, Oh, this would be so cool. We've had the same idea. So that's why I'm playing it out. You definitely. So we think they'd be super creators. It's like, you could be like the mystery. Of yeah, you could be like the in the holy roamers, like best of the early yeah. OG yeah. people. This network, I think, happens with people who are just kind of tuned in 
And mm-hmm. the people that are tuned in are usually the people that get the text. Hey, I'm mm. coming into town. What do you do? What would you do? And so this is a way of scale that little like, insight you have. And then how do you, I guess, then how are you choosing to market it, right? I guess you mentioned AAA. Does it become a part of their app and their their network? Um, because there are so many apps out there. You are, like, yeah. people could easily Google, like, bars near me or they look at yelp which is still pretty established yeah. i don't know how many people necessarily use yelp but i still have yelp and sometimes google will just pull me into yelp whether i like it or not so how do you switch people's behavior from just googling restaurants near me or you know pizza places near me to yeah. being like i need to look at a Romy app yeah so like you've been there on vacation and you, you're in, or on a business trip, right? Like, let's say yeah. you're in Boise and you're like, I want to go get, go hang out with locals and like rebel rouse just a little bit, right? You don't have anybody there that you can go call and like meet me with a beer. So do you want to read about it in a Yelp interview or do you want to hear somebody talk about it who you vibe with in their own voice and kind of point out the places where to go and how much time to spend mm in like a much more human way. I want to hear that cowboy accent, that rancher accent, tell me where to go. Cause I want to go hang out with the ranch. Yeah. You're creating yeah. characters within the Romeo. Yeah. Here's, yeah. here's another thing that you could do. If you want to like get like true Romeos, you get them and then it becomes like a tour experience where you then like add into a feel like if you want to go hang out with a local, and, yeah, that's and what I want. Go grab a drink. I'm like, if someone were to be like, Allie, you can you can go and get paid to like drink yeah. bourbon with somebody and just tell and just meet somebody new and make a friend. Yeah. I'd be like, yes, sign me up. So throw that into the mix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's that's it. Like, how do you bring humans back into it? Because when I read Google reviews, I'm like, is this person sour? Are they like kind of a duddy person who can't hike? And so they're yeah. saying the trail's too hard. I can't picture them and I don't know and I can't get a good read about it. And there's also not like, there's Google Guide, right? But you can't see the lay of the land and like see other people's kids in pictures or videos when mm-hmm. you're trying to find a little, like a little trail to do or like, um, you know, we do- There's no context here. Yeah. We were in, we were getting Oregon this summer and we rented a camper van and we found this like secret hot springs and that the, the the it's unmarked basically the whole way and it's like i read from in the campground they're at that like watch out for the kids because sometimes they can slide down the hill and i was like like um that would just give given me like so much Mm. more context to finding that thing which was in the top 10 travel experiences ever having all my my little dudes and gal yeah river below us like crazy cool secret spot it sounds like you were talked about at the very beginning because we don't need to go I, I could talk about this Romy idea forever oh, I know. Let's see, we'll, we'll backtrack yeah we'll backtrack a little bit to Life, right? the foundation of this podcast uh you were mentioning you know it's kind of with health and wellness it's this 80 20 rule it's um and a lot of it is very spirit driven and it sounds like from what i'm getting from you that spirit becomes more experience than right. anything yeah. so do you think that what you guys are doing with vitamin is more experience driven than anything 
I think that the experience economy is the thing that will wrap a lot of goods and services in the future. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because these the experience economy, and if you're creating an experience brand, there's so many more layers to it, right? So you're not just creating a print T-shirt and throwing it out into the world and being like, oh, we hope people buy this product. Like getaway is you're built, you're building not only the experience, you have to convince people to get to this experience, but also you might have to build a cabin and all of that stuff. So it seems like there's still a lot of overhead involved. How do you get around that and how do you maneuver that? I, I think it's, you know, having clear pathways that are easy to find kind of digitally oriented ways to find your way and feel and get enough information so you can just do it in the the process of doing the the roaming we started a a community called road x and a lot of people participated in that by adding you know voting on names or throwing concepts out there along the way i mean ali you have been like pounding on our door every (laughs) day but like the, the 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 thing is is that or the best venture studios can attract talent that bring really fresh, strong perspective and like need to build a new solution around specific problem areas. So, you know, another big area I see that's that's experience economy oriented is kind of like personal development as a, as a recreational meets, you know, life goal thing. And, and how do you stack that up? to kind of educated or a lifelong learner. Yeah. So I want to zoom out just a little bit. So, right, like you pick a, like a problem like you just mentioned, yes. you know, personal development. Mm-hmm. What is the next step in building out a company? Is it trying to figure out where your target market is? Is it, you know, just testing out there, getting, you know, at least a customer to validate, like, hey, yeah. this is actually a problem? Like. What is your first step in the venture studio with the companies? Sure, sure. So, like, you know, you try to create an umbrella of the topic that you're going to go hit. Sometimes people come to me with big problems, like a company, and sometimes it will come kind of in, like, something that happens in the economy or, or it's, you know, like, just an unmet need that's, like, keeps hitting us, like, mm-hmm. you know, a way, oh, a ways back, um, Annie Rickers and I um, did Hacking Heroin. That was, like, in our face in the Midwest. There was just a ginormous problem in our face. People were overdosing on the street. Like, that comes to you. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's life. Somebody's got to do something about it. And so you know, we did a hackathon back then, and that produced a couple companies. Because people, you you orient a problem with mm. solution builders. So the first step is finding a big market problem. The second step is finding a way to invite nerds to the problem and like mm-hmm. the most diverse set of nerds you can possibly get. And you know that's you you got to try a couple different ways, but like generally all calls work and like writing about it and mm. talking about it with people like you guys is like, hey, we're gonna go this against this problem, I try to find someone to sponsor it and then give them money, resources, and like a platform to crack against the problem and see if they can get some feedback around it. With, with all of these experiences that you've had just far, and especially with the health and wellness industry, what has been the biggest challenge you've been undergoing working with, with brands that are trying to build something in that space? 
you know, we do all these accelerators and we do all these uh, venture studios and we do, you know, you, you see all these stories about entrepreneurs and like as much as we like to process it and put timelines around it and like mm -hmm. expect things to work the same way every time. And, you know, probably see this in Patrick, Pat from your old world. Mm -hmm. The world just doesn't unfold or flowers don't unfold at the same time and place and, and, and the Especially world is like so big. Yeah. Well they just Why don't they, they don't they don't things don't always happen on the same timeline and tempo. So for the for a lot yeah. of companies, they get a certain amount of money for a certain amount of time or they they have a certain amount of money saved and they, they do it, but like the 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 things that are meant to be either have this giant market push. And so like anybody doing anything in that space mm. would have some level of, you know, success, but things unfold at their own pace. And so mm. all you can do is find out what your biggest risks are and then let things unfold. So timelines and market acceptance is not uniform. And that's a really interesting interesting dynamic because there's like what you can do and then like temporal limitations because then it's that understanding right going into a process of building a brand that there's timing a little bit of luck again yeah your network and your perseverance and all that from your experience how and like failure is involved with yeah. this so yeah. from your experience how often do you see entrepreneurs maybe building a brand, failing, doing it again, failing, doing it again? Do you kind of, is it all over the place, very similar to what you said? Or is that more common that you kind of see, you know, entrepreneurs and those who like to build something, throw something out a wall, put some effort to it. If it doesn't stick, they'll retreat and then try something new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it depends on what type of, swing you intentionally decide to take because I yeah. see people just bootstrap and like plug along and slowly build, 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 build. And you know, what always wins is keeping your cash burn and your income and your, your needs, your physical needs in the world small as you can yeah. and humble as you can, because that, that gives mm. you the gift of time. And, smart, uh, low, overhead, minimal. Yeah, overhead. yeah, yeah, yeah. That always wins, right? Um, Take notes, startups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cash. Be Bring cheap, down, baby. <laughs> you know, drive old cars. That's just like. Do not buy the Tesla. <laughs> yeah, fiscally responsible. Right, right. And then, and then, but some people take big, big risk, and they they sign up for that big, big swing. And you know what? When you do that you're, you're going to fall a little harder and that's okay. But, but being educated about what type of swing you're going to take. And if you're, you're looking for a single or a double versus a home run is kind of knowing the game. You just brought up a, a point that I kind of want to touch on. You, you, your background obviously is with, with like corporations and, you know, yeah. having worked with corporations, how do you get them to be willing to take a bet on some of these new ideas, especially when, you know, they are super risk averse. Sure. Um, I think it's kind of a, the delta between their today business model and segment and growth and, and knowing that well, and what a potential new market growth in their segment is and the things that that requires. 
um, and, and building something that bridges that. So if you can show a big company with a really nice established reputation and, and cash flow and customer base and show them another market that they have not tapped into and an ability to learn the market alongside of you, um, then you show them a pathway towards growth in a market that they don't know a lot about. So what you, what, as a partner, I'm trying to de-risk it for them. I'm trying to create a learning dashboard with them and, and also introduce them to new talent that knows how to operate in that new business model. And so those are kind of the, the things that a, a studio kind of synthesizes for a corporate partner. And at the same time, a startup comes in and says, wow, there's some established business processes here that it would take me three or five years to learn. I'm not necessarily interested in learning how to do, you know, cash basis accounting, or, you know, I don't necessarily want to go shop for 15 different HR providers or payroll providers, like mm -hmm. what you suggest. All those heuristics and shortcuts for a small company allows them to focus on products. So they're, they're both looking for different things. And if you can, if you can match make a corporate who has a, a need to look at a growth platform and a startup that needs some cash flow and kind of stability and, and understanding the way the market is today and put them together, they can kind of observe the trajectory by doing versus, mm -hmm. you know, hanging out in PowerPoint. Yep, like, partnership. Making, yeah. Making hypothesis and like never doing anything about it. Like that the model yeah. like, is a new strategy and not a thinking strategy. And you're actually innovating and you're doing it. I feel like a lot of corporate companies are in need of that right now because it's like they don't yeah. have innovation hubs unless you're like a PNG where, you know, that's yeah. built in and melted into their system. Um, it seems like yeah, a lot of companies are yeah, in, in need of that. Uh, one of my last questions, as we've been uncovering a bit of your experience, you know, you've gone through all of this, you've learned a lot. What would you tell your younger self looking back at the start of your journey with what you know now? Mm. I would say I, I traveled a lot, but I would travel more in my 20s and like yeah. go be with the weirdest people you could be with and learn mm. from the most interesting perspectives in the world. So um, and 30s. Um, I would say, you know, don't worry so much about what people think of you. Put your head down and do the work and, and take the big risks, swing big, but keep your needs and your, mm. your physical needs low. Optimize for your learning and you will end mm. up with more like that. There will always be more opportunity for you. Yeah. So, Dream big, but keep your day-to-day -day small. Yeah, live live lightly and yeah. dream Do big live lightly oh i love that i am writing that down as we speak let's <laughs> make a little board and put it on one yeah, of the yes, motivational big, live lightly. Yeah. oh i'm tweeting <laughs> that <laughs> well so my last question is emily you have been super involved in the cincinnati ecosystem what can cincinnati and ohio be doing better to support startups founders and create, I guess, just a better environment to, you know, build a business? Yeah. Um, I think this is a pretty collaborative environment. So I wouldn't 
I wouldn't knock us for that. I would say we need to take bigger risks. Um, mm. I would invite the corporates to take bigger risks with good talent and invite talent in. I think we've got some really nice stories of boomerang talent. You know, Tim Shiggle would be able to tell you about that stuff and, and, and harness and invite people to the party more. Mm. Um, and I would say, like, the what we're starting to get our feeling about in Ohio in general is, like, how to do growth well and, like, get past that kind of, you know, small team, but and really get big sustainable, sustainably. That growth story, I think, is still something that's, you know, a capability we to build more muscle around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, we don't need to be the big San Fran blow-up vibe mm-hmm. of, you know, big tech and all that, but we also need to move a little bit. We need to think bigger, right? Don't, let's go back to the dream big, live lightly. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. It. Yeah. Well, on that note, this conversation has been so amazing. Where could people learn more about you and everything you're doing and with Vitamin or any of the other brands that, you know, they might be interested in learning more about that we've talked about? The big call to action. So if you'd like to build something, I do have kind of join and be a builder with Vitamin Collective. Um, I've got a great big patio back in the back of my office. I'm going to start having more get-togethers and parties, so, like, look out we'll, for We'll be there. One. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I'm, I am going to start putting some content out there under the, the Romy 20s uh, oh. thing. You know, my, my dream is that we, we capture some of these lifestyle changes and, like, bring the fringe into new, more stories and, and, yeah. and talk about what people are building early on. So I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm literally talked to some young young fresh talent today about producing some of that so maybe i'll you guys on and pick your brain about uh would love that storytelling um on that and and some of your bourbon and bike tours for sure that's my by the way definitely sign up for romy ali you can go to goromy.com and um i think become a creator it's a the call to action i'll be a guinea pig in this because this is just I love that that you're putting this into practice because this is something that I haven't been able to create myself, but our visions are very similar. So she wants to live out her Anthony Bourdain dreams. So yes, I like. I'm just swooning over all of this. Okay, love it. Well, let's get together in person then. Yes, that's what I'll come to you. Well, Emily, thank you so much. This has been so fun, and we really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, love it. I'll do it anytime. Let me know if you have anybody else to talk to. I'll, I'll send them your way. I just want to apologize and say that I feel like I just took over this segment. <laughs> no. Emily and I bonded. I At love least it. I, I bonded. She didn't realize it, but I'm like, oh, I love These your idea <laughs> because I've had this idea and now I'm seeing it come to light, even though you're using a different name and it's better. Uh, no, I think... It, it was great. I loved hear, having you ask these questions because also, I mean, again, I am coming from this side. Um, I do understand Venture Studios, so, uh, and I have heard of those startups, so I'm glad that you, like, you got to ask, like, the questions that, you know, a new person hearing this for the first time can ask. Uh, and Emily's great at explaining each of the ideas. Mm-hmm. She's great at helping founders build out what is in their head making it a reality Mm -hmm. and then helping them figure out 
how I'm going to make some money and actually make this thing happen. Yeah, and it goes back to kind of what you just said in regards to like, all right, you know, these venture studios, they kind of new concept, right? But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we're just, we're trying to build brands and she, health and wellness typically is more experience driven and mm. there are a lot of nuances and with experience, there is the human element, which is not always easily quantifiable. Um, yes. It goes back to even just talking about impact funds that we talked about in our last episode. So, you know, I, I felt like I could understand where she was coming from, especially coming from more of a content creative perspective of us. You know, we live in a digital world and we have the ability to create and show, you know, the Internet and people from all over our work instantaneously, but because there are so many creators and it's very saturated, saturated, how do we pivot and how can someone mm. like myself make money, but then how can also someone like Emily build brands that promotes creators, but then promotes, promotes something greater than just that, you know, again, yeah. it's, you're creating an experience and it's human driven, which is sometimes hard to sell people on and hard to put actual logistics into play. Well, let's go down that human aspect a little bit with, you know, the other aspects of the venture studio, right? Mm -hmm. She has to find these, like, go-getters, these hustlers that (laughs) need to, like, take the risk and build out a company. So, you know, again, human aspect, like, you got to take the humans into account. Are they willing to... Very behavior-driven, like anything. Yeah. Are they willing to go for either the single, the double, or the home run, right? Or the triple. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) We just had Reds opening day, so (laughs) all all the baseball references. But, um, you know, the other human aspect, I think, was when building out Vitamin Collective, Emily, you know, really thought about what does health and wellness mean from a broader perspective, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that 80-20 rule, like 80% of your health is like outside of like traditional like health and wellness. Yeah, it's not like collagen powder. Yeah. Let's move past collagen. Well, (laughs) like just getting out and about. You know, with Romy, right? Mm -hmm. And again, again, going back to that experiences and, you know... The human aspect, I think, is such a it's such a powerful Mm -hmm. thing to convey if you can convey it correctly. And it's it is what's interesting is we talked about, okay, solving a problem. Mm. We as society have a problem connecting with people and that is not changing anytime soon the digital world has separated us more we're more comfortable behind our screens we're more vulnerable we're we're just are the animosity in the way that we talk to each other in person and behind a screen because we're not used to people so Mm -hmm. add the element of a pandemic and the internet it's only going to continue to move in that direction so how do we combine the internet to maybe force people into human interaction situations to hopefully grow and make us better people. Well, speaking of connecting with others, you can connect with us at whenpigsfly.fm. We're not just some robots, you know, talking to you through your phone or your speaker, wherever you're listening to us. Uh, So please reach out to us at hosts at whenpigsfly.fm or any of our social medias. You can reach us, uh, you know, whenpigsfly. Go check us out on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. We are there. Feel free to, you know, also uh, like, share, and review. We greatly appreciate that. We do read those. So thank you so much to those who have already done so. And Allie, most importantly, what should they do? Make sure you tell a friend. If you like this podcast, spread the word. We really appreciate it. 
we need to get some Romies to, you know, tell their friends. I think here I shortly. Know. Oh. <laughs> and on that note, Allie, cheers. cheers. And here's some necessary legal stuff. Allie Martin and Patrick Bailey developed the When Pigs Fly podcast in collaboration with the Up Company LLC. At the time of this recording, we do not own equity or any financial interest in the companies which appear on the show unless otherwise indicated. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinions of the EW Scripts company and its affiliates or Generator Management LLC and its affiliates or any entity which employs us. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. We have not considered your specific financial situation nor provided any investment or legal advice on the show. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. We also want to give a shout out to Claire and Christian of Moonbow. They're the two artists of our intro song, which is so catchy and gets stuck in our heads all the time. So bop over to Spotify or wherever you find your music and give them a listen. And Like the Night by Moonbow is courtesy of Silver Lake Sync.